Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Hey, we're so glad to be live with you at Venture. And let me say, this wasn't our plans for spring break. We had a whole different plan. I had a whole different sermon. And you would be in the rooms uh, at all of our campuses. Let me tell you kind of how we got there real quick so you'll know. Uh, Wednesday night when I got the uh, text and saw that there was a possible coronavirus person infected in Hattiesburg, it changed everything in terms of the way we were thinking. Uh, We started praying, started talking to elders, started talking to leaders. And then Toby Barker called me on Wednesday night and said, hey, would you consider this and not having these people come because we just want to be cautious. And so we decided that the best thing we could do, the most compassionate thing we could do was to say, hey, don't come to our buildings, but use this time to connect with people online. And you're doing that. We've had thousands of people already this morning. You're doing that. But let me tell you, this is a crisis, but we are, we're people that, hey, we've seen crisis before. It's not new to us. You know, when you go all the way back to 9-11, I mean, we were downtown and we had like this Tuesday night prayer time. And everybody showed up. And when I gave the invitation to pray, you know how many people came? Everybody. And we were changed, and a lot of things happened good. And you go all the way back to Katrina 15 years ago. I still remember like it was yesterday. And, you know, when it, everything hit, the thing was we could kind of see the trees on the ground, trees on our houses, and we knew we needed to cut them all up and get them out of the way and start building roofs. The problem with the fact that we're having COVID-19, the coronavirus, is you can't see it. And, and I began, I was like, you, like, hey, man, this will never get here. This is not going to happen to us. It's going to happen to people in China and other places, in, in big cities, and it's a hoax. And all of a sudden, I realized it's not a hoax. It's real. But the good news is, so is our faith. So I want to show you something today about storms. We're in a storm. I think we'd all agree with that. It's a different kind of storm. We're not the only people that have had storms. If you open your Bibles or if you look at, at your Scripture uh, if you go on our app, you'll find in, in Mark chapter 6, beginning with verse 45, some unique things we can learn from a storm. I'm going to do that real quick so that we can get to some things you can be doing every single day, and I think it will change you. So here we are. This is Jesus sending the disciples into the boat, into the sea, into a storm. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd, and after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. And later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. And he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And shortly before dawn, he went out to them, and he was walking on the water. He was walking on the lake. It's pretty cool. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost, and they cried out, because they all saw him and they were terrified because here he is walking on the water. And immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. Now that's cool, the wind died down, the storm stopped. And they were completely amazed for they had not understood about his miracles in feeding 5,000 people because their hearts were hardened. And you say, what does all that mean? What does that have to do with us and all that we're going through? Well, the first thing is you need to understand that storms are inevitable. I mean, storms are going to come. I mean, we know that. We're going to have problems. We're going to have issues. 
And the reality is when we get in the middle of the storm, you don't need to question God. Here's the cool thing. When you look at the disciples, it says that Jesus made them get into the boat and he knew that they were going into a storm. That doesn't catch him by surprise. When you're in the middle of the storm, some amazing things happen because you understand more about God than ever before and more about yourself. Jesus said, in this world, you will have problems. You will have trouble. You will have storms. He says, hey, hey, take comfort because I've overcome the world. He said, I'm going to be with you. The storms are going to come, and I'm going to be with you. You say, well, wait a minute. Did God, did God send this to us? Was it God doing this? No. Let me tell you, where you trace back the viruses and all the sickness and all the problems is all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. When, when God said to Adam and Eve, don't eat of this one tree, and they said, hey, we got this, God. We don't need you. And they bit into whatever the fruit was, and all of a sudden, the virus came into the world, and it changed the world forever. And it shows us something that I think we need to grab a hold of is that we're fragile. I mean, let, let that sink in for a second because I know you've been thinking it. I mean, we're going about our business. We're making plans. I mean, we're going spring break and we got baseball season. We got soccer season. Everything is amazing. And you know what stopped everything? One germ. One germ grounded all the planes. One germ closed down a country. And you're going, you got to be kidding me. We are so vulnerable. So what is the good news in all that? I mean, you know, we keep straining with the oars like the disciples, and we got this, we got this, we got this. No, we don't have this. But God does. See, here's the cool thing about storms. They are inevitable, but storms attract the attention of God. And I love this about Jesus. He's up on a mountainside praying. He's not just up there praying and going, oh, my goodness, the disciples are down there in the storm. He knew they were going into a storm. He led them into a storm. He, he sees this. Listen, none of this took God by surprise. He, he, he is providential. It means that he sees before it happens. He, he understands where this thing is going, that God has a plan. He's in control of the storm, and he is Lord of the storm, and he's got a plan for us. Storms attract the attention of God, and storms, this is what I love, it causes God to draw close to us. Listen, I don't, I don't know if you say, well, I don't really feel him. Clay. He's close. I mean, that's the character of God. That's why I want you to get the character of God before I get into encouraging you to do things because if you don't understand the foundation of how God is wired, you won't be able to stand firm. This is what he says in his word in Psalm 34, 18. He says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. You crushed in spirit? You discouraged? He says, I'm close to you. He says, I've come close to you. I get you. I love you. Uh, God says in, in, through Isaiah 41.10, he says, don't be afraid for I am with you. He says, don't be anxious for I am your God. He says, I, I, I've got you. I, I understand. I'm coming close to you. And, and here is Jesus. And, and, and the, the amazing thing is he's coming close to the disciples and he is telling them, I am Lord of the storm. You say, but, but, I, don't, but I don't see God working. Well, yeah, but you don't see the virus either. But, but people are so focused on the virus, they're letting the virus manipulate them, and some of us are too, and, and we're going in that direction even though we can't see it, probably don't know anybody infected by it, probably won't be infected by it, but then you've got Jesus. He says, I'm coming close to you. 
Why don't you look at him? Why don't you let him influence? Why don't you let that faith come into your life, that strength come into your life, that courage come into your life? Storms reveal who God really is. Now, I need you to grasp that because I'm trying to get through this so that you can have some information to, to walk away from here from. But, but you need to understand, you don't typically look for God when the waters are calm. I mean, it's just the way we are, man. When things are rolling, you know, we're rolling, and we don't even think about God. But then all of a sudden, a storm comes up, and you're like, hey, where's God? Isn't it cool? I mean, you get that. You, you know, hey, and God is close. You, you sense him being close to you. And the Bible shows that the disciples for the first time, I had to go back and look at this, man. For the first time in the whole ministry of Jesus, even after all the miracles, after all the feeding, after all the prayer, after all the teaching, for the first time in the Bible, when Jesus came walking on the water as Lord of the storm, they worshiped him. And listen, that's where some of you are. You're at a place for the first time, you've been, the pause button has been pushed on your life, on your job, on your school, on your hobbies, and for the first time, you have the opportunity to worship the Lord of the storm. He said, how did I do that? Well, Jesus is walking on the water. I love this. He's walking, he's walking on the water. It's not an illusion. He's walking on the water. And he's, he's passing by the disciples, and they're terrified, okay? Some of you are terrified. You know what Jesus says to them? He says, take courage. Man, if you don't get anything else, would you get that? Take courage. Some of you are taking fear, man. I, that, I mean, like you're just naturally drawn to fear. You're watching every show that you can watch that kind of makes you take fear. You're, you're, you're taking that control and you're, you're, you're taking fear. And you, you're, you're, you're taking the, your thoughts and you're, you're grabbing hold of fear. He says, take courage. Why? He says, because it is I. It is I. That literally translates, I am. Jesus said, you know what? You can take courage. You know why? Because I am. And if I am, this storm is not. Jesus said, if I am, your rowing is not. If I am, the coronavirus is not. Jesus says, I am. Would you for the first time maybe understand the greatness and majesty and holiness of God? He says, I am. The rest of this is not. He says, because of that, don't be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't, don't let fear just come over you. Listen, maybe, maybe this whole thing was for this moment for me to say to you what God is saying. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. He says, I've got you. I've got this. This is all working out according to my plan. You're going to be okay. Your family's going to be okay. You say, well, why were they so terrified? He said, why am I so afraid? I, I know that intellectually. I know in my head that I'm going to be okay. Why am I so afraid? You know why you're so afraid? Because there's two parts of us. There was a part of us in Genesis chapter 2 that was made to trust God and believe in God and, and have faith in God and be encouraged in God and, and have hope in God. And then there's Genesis 3 in us where we want to trust in ourselves. And, and we want to do what we can do. And that's why you feel that excitement. I can trust God. I can trust God. And that fear, I don't know. I got to grab a hold of this. I got to go out and go, go shopping. I got to make sure I've got everything I need. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Listen, it's time to stop trusting in ourselves because self-help is no help. Your best life is not now. You were made for heaven. You need power, and I need power, but not to deal with the coronavirus, not to deal with the storm out there. You know what you need power for? You need power to deal with the storm that's inside of you. 
the real churning, that this has kind of opened up the door for you to see down deep inside of you there's a vacuum, there is a fear that you can't explain. And I want you to do like the disciples. I want you to invite him in your boat. Invite him into your life. To say, hey, I don't understand all this, but I know this. God, I need help. I, I, I can't row against this anymore. I need you to come into my life. I need you to save me. And God, give me courage and give me hope and give me faith so I can lead in a time where I feel so vulnerable. You invite him into your life. You say, well, you're taking advantage. No, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. Let me tell you, the, the, the reason I have had so much calm in the middle of all this chaos and craziness, and you wouldn't believe it if I told you all of it, is that Jesus Christ's power lives in me. He, he's given me a sense of security and, and wisdom that it's not me, that I don't have. You can have that. You simply invite him to come into your life. God, I know that I'm not perfect. God, I know that I've sinned. God, I know, you know, like in Genesis 3, that's me. I've been eating an apple too. And I want you to come into my life, come into my boat, come into what's going on in my storm so that you can be the Lord of my life. That we don't let a microbe be our master. We let Jesus be our master. And you say, well, that's great. I got it. Jesus' character is he allows storms so that we can find out who we are and who he is. And he draws close to us and he reveals himself. And, and he, we can invite him into our boat, our life, and worship him. Can you give me something to take away? Let me give you three things. Like, like this week, and, and you can send this to somebody else. You can listen to it again. You can, you can watch it another time. You can watch the nine-minute version of it because it's all on there. But let me give you three things that I'm going to challenge you to do this week. And the first is you choose faith over fear. You just decide. I mean, you're going to have times where, where you turn on the, the news and you turn on the local news or CNN and, and you're going to be tempted to, 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 to be afraid. Would you choose faith over fear? I mean, it's, it's a, just, just turn it off. Maybe go outside. Maybe go out in the backyard. Maybe, maybe do some of the things your wife's been wanting you to do, you know, forever. You know, hey, this is our time, you know. But get away from the TV. Get away from your devices and choose faith over fear. Because when you understand Christianity, it's not just having a set of beliefs. Oh, I believe in God. Oh, I believe in, in the resurrection. I'm going to go on Easter. That's not what Christianity is. Christianity is having Christ in you and you can look at the world through the lens of faith and you can know that God's got everything under control. That, that when you choose faith, all of a sudden you have hope. And then all of a sudden you have love. It kind of all goes together. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews 6.19 says. He says, we have hope as an anchor for our soul that is sure and steadfast. That God knew that you were going to be afraid, that he put 365 fear knots in the Bible so that when you were tempted to be afraid, you would say, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to choose courage. I'm going to choose faith over fear. Psalm 118.6 says, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can a mere mortal do to me? He says in Hebrews 13.6, we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And maybe you want to put that on a sticky note. Maybe you want to put that on your, your dashboard. Maybe you want to put that in your, in your bathroom on, on the mirror, which where you quote that. You quote that over and over again. And when you forget that, you go back in there and you quote that because, because you want to choose faith over fear. And the second thing is you want to choose courage over comfort. 
Let me just tell you, this is a time for courageous people. This is not a time for you to get in front of Netflix and watch all the shows you've never been able to watch and eat a lot of junk food. Because here's what I want you to get, and that is difficulty is the seed. Difficulties are the, is the seed for change and growth. And for the first time, many of you, this is your opportunity to really choose to get serious about your marriage and get serious about your family and to get serious about your spiritual life because now you got time. I, I mean, the world is pushing pause on you. I mean, the world is saying pause to everything. Now you got to deal with your marriage. You got to deal with your family. You got to deal with your life. Be courageous and step into that. And don't be afraid of that. This is a chance of a lifetime. I mean, we want you to do all the things we've been asking you to do. Even when you, when you come to a building, I, we told you and we've told you, and I said it, you know, about three months ago, and I didn't know this was going to happen, but I said three months ago, hey, we could have an underground church. We don't have to have a building. Everybody kind of chuckle, you know, I, yeah, oh, yeah. It's true. Here we are being the church wherever you are. Here you are worshiping with your family. Here you are being able to download things for your children. I mean, you're able to do everything we ask you to do when you're in a building, but yet you're out there. You're where the church is. You are the people. You are the body. It's not about a building. You can invite where you are. This is so cool. You can invite people like, like your neighbors. Make them wash their hands. You can invite your neighbors to a watch party. You know, you want to encourage them and invite them. Here you go. You can invest. You can do like the many messages and kind of watch them and ask questions. A sixth grader can do it. You can impress by serving. All these things we ask you to do, you can now do it. You can ignite through giving. I mean, you can go online. I hope you will and, and give because we want to help a lot of other people. We want to pay our staff, but we want to help a lot of people. This is a time where we ought to be all in for the gospel, for what God wants to do in an amazing way. Because this, listen, I don't want you to choose Charmin over courage. You know, the toilet paper. I got to show you a picture because I was in a large box store this week trying to get me some paper, man. I want you to see what I saw. Look at this. Limiting the quantities of paper products? Yeah, keep going. This is crazy. Sorry for the inconvenience. Yeah, right. Look at this. They still got a picture of toilet paper. I mean, the shelves are empty all the way down the row. And I'm you, I was looking at this going, you got to be kidding me. I didn't know you stopped the coronavirus with toilet paper. Would you choose courage? Would you choose courage over fear and over comfort? You know, when you look at the word crises and the, the two Chinese characters, and I hate that that's ironic that I'm using that illustration from China, but when you look at the word crisis, it's made up of two images. Two, two little, look at this. One says danger and the other says opportunity. Danger versus opportunity. And would you be willing to kind of look at this as a time to choose courage over comfort? Like, hey, I know there's a little danger here. Hey, I know that, but it's an opportunity. I, I, I know that I need to be careful and wash my hands, but this is an opportunity. 
Listen, this is an opportunity for the church like never before for you to shine like stars for God to use you. Some of you wonder, what can I do? What can I do? We're going to help you figure that out because we're going to be like stars in the darkness. We're going to be like the light that dispels darkness. It's going to be amazing. And one of the things you can do to kind of pull this all together is choose compassion over criticism. And that may be the greatest thing you can do in the next few weeks. Because everybody around you is going to be anxious. And when they see you calm, when they see you being kind, you know, when they cut you off and you don't make any gestures, man, it does something to people. Compassion is crazy. Compassion is not normal. It's so easy to go to Brawlmart and, and have all kind of issues and, and, and have hate on 98. And I, I want to rap that, and they won't let me steal. Even though you're not here, they won't let me do my rap. But, but the reality is people, man, people are anxious. And, and wherever you go, would you be encouraging? Would you choose compassion? I'll give an example because this happened to me. Uh, and it happened to me right before everything hit, so I can't imagine how crazy it is now. I was going to Walmart. Uh, I mean, uh, Sam's, and I, I didn't get toilet paper because I didn't know this was going to happen. But, but I was kind of, you know, the, the carts are big. I don't know if you realize that. The carts are really big because it's got a lot of food. And, and so I'm going, and I see, the, I see the, the, the chicken on the rotisserie, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just like, oh, there it is. got to grab one. They're about to come off. And, and, and as I'm going to, toward the rotisserie, this really happened. This happened last week with my buggy. I heard somebody say, hey, you knocked my purse off my shoulder. I thought, I wonder who that last time. I said, hey, you. And I, I turned around. I said, Me? She said, yeah, you knocked, you knocked my purse off my shoulder. You know, and my first response was, well, you got a big purse. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. And this is before I knew, you know, I, knew I was going to preach all this, but, but, but the reality was it wasn't a big purse on her shoulder. It was a big chip. And, and if you're not careful, man, you, 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 somebody's going to confront you, and there's going to be criticism, and there's going to be angst, and there's going to be frustration. It has nothing to do with you. Because most people are afraid, and that's why we're so different. Listen, as we march into these next few weeks, would you be encouraging and compassionate? I think about our city officials, and I was talk to, talking to, to our mayor. Mayors everywhere, they're having to make decisions, man, that are hard decisions. They're getting so much information that's being piled on them. Would you be compassionate? Maybe not go on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you do to, to make fun of them because they're trying to do the very best they can. The medical profession, I talk to them. Man, they want to work to keep you safe at their own risk. I mean, they want you to be healthy and they want to help you. But even those nurses and doctors, they have families too. Law enforcement, I was just talking to one recent, just a few minutes ago, about the fact that they're doing shifts, so if somebody gets sick, they have enough overlap so they can keep you safe. The school district, man, they're trying to decide what to do with your children. Would you choose compassion over criticism? I mean, would you like to be positive? Because they're doing the very best they know to do. I mean, just simmer down. Choose faith over fear and courage over being comfortable and compassion over being critical. I found this after Katrina, and I want to read this. I want you to listen to it because I think it kind of helps put things in perspective, even if you're not a believer. And this is what the person said. It says, we underestimate God and we overestimate evil. We don't see what God is doing and conclude that he's doing nothing. 
We see everything that evil is doing and think it is in control of everyone. For we're going to live in God's image, alive to all that God is, and open and responsive to all he is doing. We must trust in his word, trust what we do not see. And if we're going to live in the world, attentive to each particularity, loving it through the bad times and even being repelled by it or afraid or even uh, conformed to it, we are going to have to face its immense evil, but know at the same time it is limited and controlled. The vision supplies the answer. Evil is not everything and it's not everywhere. It is named. It has an origin and a finish. And that evil has its paralyzing grip on everyone. It's not wild, uncontrollable evil. It is carefully commanded with the commander being God. And we cannot afford to be naive about evil. It must be faced. But we cannot be intimidated by it either. It will be used by God to bring good. For it is the one of the most extraordinary aspects of the good news that God uses bad people and bad things to accomplish his good purposes. The great paradox of judgment is that evil becomes fuel in the furnace of salvation. Let me tell you, this is an opportunity of a lifetime that if you don't know who Christ is and if you don't have a relationship with him, this is your opportunity to invite him to come into your life. To say, hey, God, you know, I'm not sure about all this, but I'm sure that I need you, that there's a storm in my life. And I invite you to come in and take over to be my master, to be my Lord. Invite him into your life. If you're like the disciples and says that they were hard-hearted and God kind of brought a storm to soften their heart up, maybe this is time for you to get serious about your faith again. Listen, as I was driving in this morning and I was thinking about, hey, what can I say that could kind of kind of clarify this and pull this into a category to let you know what I think not only we're doing but other churches and agencies are doing. There's three big things I want you to know we're working on. When I walked through this morning and I saw people meeting and our team, they're so smart. We got business leaders and entrepreneurs and agencies and the three things that God kind of put on my heart and pressed on me to say is that number one, during this time, no one should go hungry. No one should go hungry. I hadn't figured out how, how to fix all that, how to make that work, but nobody should go hungry. Number two, nobody should be lonely. And this may be your opportunity where, where you've got a neighbor that you've not talked to or you've got a family member you've not contacted or this is a chance where you can invite somebody to be a part of what we're doing online and, and you can enjoy the fact that you know you're encouraging them and nobody should go broke. Now, I'm not saying the church is going to give you a lot of money. I'm saying you need to be ready to, to buy things locally, to have waiter, to have things delivered. You don't just do Amazon and, and go fresh and hello fresh. And, I mean, you say, hey, I'm going to be serious about helping people in my local economy to make sure they have jobs to make sure they are encouraged and allow God to work in an amazing way to bring our community together. I'm going to ask you to, to bow your heads for just a moment. I want to pray over you. And, and before we close the service, I know a lot of you are hugely concerned about what's going on. Would you realize that God's coming to you in the storm? That this is an opportunity. We have things for your children. We have things that you can download, that you can use to encourage the people around you. But we want you to let the Spirit of God settle in in your life because you're inviting him into your boat. We're in the same boat together. Invite him in and ask him to be the Lord of your life. 
to help you choose faith over fear, courage over comfort, compassion over criticism. So God can do some powerful things to bring our community together and to get us out of this mess as soon as possible. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you today. The God in the midst of all the confusion, and we know you're not the author of confusion. God, we have peace if we choose it. I pray for everybody listening to my words, that they would just pause for a moment and to realize you are here. You told us not to be afraid, that you are Lord of the storm and Lord of our lives. And God, we pray in the days ahead that we would choose compassion in all the situations that, that, are, that are going to be frightening. And God, that you would be Lord over everything that happens. And that God, as we meet every single week here, God, that you would pour out your grace and mercy on our communities. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.